0: Welcome to Haven Today at Christmas time. Bethlehem has a main street worth looking up during the holidays, and now you can even watch it live. But this little town is not the one you're thinking about in the Middle East where I've just returned from. No, Hallmark is broadcasting Pennsylvania's Bethlehem for the entire Christmas season on their website. This unique town has been nicknamed Christmas City, USA, since the 1930s, and for good reason. It was christened Bethlehem in 1741. It's also the first town to have a documented Christmas tree. And through December 30th, you can tune in to watch the quaint Main Street live. It's a little better at night when the lights are twinkling though. The original Bethlehem was just the opposite. It was little, it was forgotten. But God had big plans for it. O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. The hopes, the fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. I'm Charles Morris, and this is a program called What Christmas is All About. And just like the carol about Bethlehem tells us, I want to encourage us that in Christ we have no need to fear. Now, to be sure, many of us are like those shepherds in Luke 2. To be sure, and we're going to think about them in a few moments. When the angels appeared, Dr. Luke tells us they were sore afraid. That's King James language. And today, I guess we'd say they were frozen with fear or they were maybe even freaking out. But isn't it encouraging that often throughout the Christmas story, The angels were always telling people to not be afraid. They were bringing good news of great joy. The arrival of the Lord who had come to bring peace to his people. Well, we're going to think about that in just a moment. And then after the program, I want to send you the album that carries the message of the angels. A message of peace, joy, goodwill. It's Fernando Ortega's Christmas CD.
1: Joy to the world, the Lord is come.
0: Gloria, next shall oh. A montage of music from Fernando Ortega's Christmas Songs album. It's a special album. Packed full of Christmas carols that'll point your heart to the true meaning of Christmas. And for only one more day, when we believe we can get your order and ship it in time for Christmas, and that's expedited, let me suggest another gift that we have that points to Jesus. It's the boxed set of Little Pilgrim's Big Journey, Parts 1 and 2. Now, it includes an exclusive bonus for Haven listeners. The audio version for both books will send you a code that you can download with. This is the sort of present that won't be forgotten in the new year. So let me just say that we're having to pay for expedited shipping to make sure it gets to you by Christmas. So if you can, please include a little extra in your gift to help us cover our extra cost. Now, remember to call after the program is 865 Haven. That's 865 Haven. Or go online, listen to some of the samples we have there from the CD, and make your gift at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And now I want us to open with a song written by Charles Wesley. It's a Christmas carol, and I know you know it. the kind of Christmas music I like. Trumpets and organs and a loud choir of Go With It, Hark, the Herald Angels Sing from the Ultimate Christmas Album. That's really the name. I'm Charles Morris here on Haven Today and a series called What Christmas Is All About. One thing about glory and Christmas is that there isn't any need to be afraid. And yet we see both fear and the lack of fear. Leading into the very first Christmas. I see this contrast in the third gospel, the Gospel of Luke. If he wasn't Greek by birth, you wouldn't know it by his Greek name or the way he approaches his gospel. A medical doctor named Luke became a Christ follower and was right there on the first early missionary journeys, and Dr. Luke was tasked by the Holy Spirit to record one of the gospels that's part of our New Testament today. So let's learn from Luke to not be afraid. Instead, let's find the grace we need to live out our lives this Christmas for Christ. Now, Luke 2, that's where you get into the most famous birth account of Jesus. He gives us the date in the days of Caesar Augustus, the order of a census to be taken in the Roman world. Quirinius was governor of Syria at the time. Joseph went from Nazareth, where he worked as a carpenter, to his family birthplace, he had Mary with him. She was pregnant with Jesus. This is what gave the Jewish leaders such a conundrum. They thought Jesus was born in Nazareth, but the prophet had foretold the Messiah would be born in the city of David, Bethlehem, a few miles south of Jerusalem. It's Luke who gives us the story of the shepherds keeping watch over their flocks by night in the Bethlehem hills when the angels appeared Probably Gabriel was there leading, although he's not mentioned, but he was in so much of the getting ready for Jesus to come stories that I can't help but think he was among that chorus that proclaimed glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see what has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found mary and joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger and when they had seen him they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them that's chapter 2 of luke but chapter 1 of luke is where we first see the giving of grace that very first christmas do not fear you have found grace now let's look at this grace that we read about in luke 1 13 and then luke 1 28 through 30 three people i have in mind Zechariah, elizabeth and mary all showing up in luke chapter 1 unexpected grace grace longed for and surprised by grace Zechariah experienced unexpected grace his wife, Elizabeth, got the grace gift she had been longing for and waiting for her life. They had been no doubt praying together, while Elizabeth's young relative, Mary, was very surprised by grace. So first, how did Zachariah experience unexpected grace? How did he respond? Well, you know the story. He was the special chosen priest to go into the temple of the Lord, and while Zechariah was inside, that angel Gabriel appeared. Zechariah was afraid. Luke tells us that Zechariah and Elizabeth had been waiting for something. Well, they had been waiting for someone. Luke one thirteen. the angel said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son. But it seems perhaps that Zechariah had stopped believing that God could or would actually answer his prayers. Zechariah and his wife had been asking the Lord many years for a baby. If you have been married and not been able to conceive, or sadder still if you have conceived and then lost a baby over and over again through miscarriage, you know how hard it is to keep praying for the Lord to give you a child. But it is true. God works the miracle for many women, the miracle that he's still working today to conceive a baby for a couple who had given up hope. If you remember the story of Abraham and Sarah, God was doing that story all over again. But this time, instead of Sarah, who laughed at the future promised baby Isaac, it was Zechariah who disbelieved. At the promise, he asked, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years. Translation, we're too old even for God's power to work. Zechariah was praying and wanting God to act. But when the promise of this grace child finally came, he needed more proof. The news for Zechariah was so unexpected, to him it really was too good to be true. What was the sign for this special chosen priest of God? He would go for the whole pregnancy of this little grace gift baby named John, later John the Baptist, without being able to testify or even speak of God's grace to him. He was struck dumb he would have to wait until he could tell the story but for his wife it was different compare this now with elizabeth and her response so second elizabeth longed for grace elizabeth gets much less time in the story but every word she says praises the god of expected longed for grace her husband's voice had been taken away but Luke one twenty five says, The Lord has done this for me. That's Elizabeth talking. In these days he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. See the difference? For Zechariah, he asked, How could this be? Give me a sign. For Elizabeth she conceived and she immediately started praising God. Now you may be thinking, like me, Well, Elizabeth had it easy compared with her husband. She had the proof. She knew she was pregnant. But the main difference between Elizabeth and her husband, Zechariah, is that she immediately raises her hands to the Lord. He has done this for me, Elizabeth calls out. She knows where this grace gift of a baby has come from. The Lord has sent the gift. In the original language, Greek, it says, In these days he has seen me. To be seen by the Lord is an expression with a rich history, Remember the difference between Abel and Cain, the two sons of Adam? The Lord saw Abel's sacrifice, but he didn't acknowledge Cain's. Cain interpreted this as a brother rivalry, but he got very angry, and you know how it ended. The first murder in all history. Or another story. Do you remember when the Israelites were enslaved in Egypt? They cried out to the Lord with their whole hearts because of this painful slavery. And the Lord says in Exodus 3, 7, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. I'm concerned about their suffering." Well, in the same way as the Lord saw Abel's sacrifice and he saw the suffering of Israel's slavery in Egypt, he saw Elizabeth. She had longed for and expected God's grace in prayer. And now he had seen her. She would conceive. She would bear a baby, and not just any baby, but John the Baptist who would prepare the way of the Lord for Jesus Christ. So grace unexpected for Zechariah grace longed for with his wife elizabeth and now finally surprising grace for mary this young maiden whom her relative elizabeth would call the mother of my lord was not expecting a baby at all unlike Zechariah and elizabeth she had not waited for or prayed for a baby she was much younger but still a baby came Gabriel shows up again. This angel tasked with bringing the baby news to Zechariah and Mary appeared to this young woman and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary is at first alarmed and even puzzled about the greeting from God's angel messenger. But Gabriel repeats, you have found favor with God. This word, found favor, comes from the Greek word charis. We translate it into English, grace. The grace of God has found you. You have found grace with God. Now, if we were to put ourselves in Mary's shoes, we might give a snarky response. What kind of grace makes a non-married woman pregnant? Especially when she might be abandoned by the man who would promised to marry her. But Mary... Mary responds with great faith in Luke 138 she responds i am the lord's servant may your word to me be fulfilled are there things that come into our lives with which we struggle to name grace we might pray for a baby but when the baby comes can we call the sleepless nights waking up for feedings grace It's easy to say thank you when life is full and family surrounds us at Thanksgiving or Christmas, but what about when our lives hurt and our children walk away from the Lord? It's at these moments that Mary's words remind us of the true shape and contours of grace. Remember how she responded to the unexpected grace gift of a baby before she was married? I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. But we can't finish. By only highlighting mary's great faith we have to see jesus in bringing many sons and daughters to glory the author of hebrews writes it was fitting that god for whom and through whom everything exists should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered see jesus didn't reject suffering and what we might call the surprise of grace To him, it felt like devastation and suffering for sins he never committed. But to us, it's the sweetest tasting grace of God. Without the surprising grace gift of God, we would still be without hope. But because of Jesus, we can hear the words spoken by the angel to Mary, spoken over us. In Christ, we only hear God saying, do not fear. You have found my favor. You have found grace, all because of Jesus. You have found grace in the eyes of God. And when we focus on the nativity story of shepherds, of wise men from the east, and of angels announcing the arrival of Jesus, born in a manger in Bethlehem, it's just plain amazing grace. Grace for outsiders like you and me. We all know the story But we sometimes lose sight of what this baby came to do. This Christmas, let's not forget the gift of grace that we have in Jesus. After all, that's the good news the angels proclaimed to the shepherds on the very first Christmas. Why don't you join me in prayer right now? Lord, we come to you in prayer. It's Christmas time. Not many days left. Until this December 25th. Some of us are lonely. Some of us have more people than we know what to do with around us. And yet, Lord, how close are we to you? May each of us ask that question today. May we find ourselves drawing nearer to our Savior, whose birth we celebrate at Christmas time. And with great thanks, we want to just Proclaim Christ is born in a world that's longing for a Redeemer and most of the time doesn't even realize it. Lord, we need the gospel in our lives so we can share it to people in their lives. So I pray this prayer now, this Christmas, in the name of Jesus. Amen.
1: Thou long-expected Jesus Born to set Thy people free From our fears And sins release us Let us find Our rest in Thee Israel's strength and consolation hope of all the earth thou art they desire
0: A Christmas Carol of Longing and Anticipation, sung for us by Fernando Ortega from his Christmas Songs album, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. Here on Haven Today, I'm Charles Morris, and the program's called What Christmas Is All About. I'd really like you to get this album to enjoy for Christmas, but you need to act today. Tomorrow is the final day you can make your gift to the ministry with hope that we can send it, the Christmas album, for you to enjoy on the big day coming. Fernando's music is something that will truly warm your heart and your home with the good news of Jesus. And if you're still looking for that last-minute gift for someone young in your life, let me suggest the boxed set of Little Pilgrim's Big Journey, Parts 1 and 2, for your minimum gift to the ministry. These storybooks have colorful illustrations that won't be forgotten. They won't be lost after the hubbub of Christmas is over. And they hold true to John Bunyan's original Pilgrim's Progress that lead all who read it or listen to it towards Jesus. And yes, I did say listen, because this set that we have comes with a free download on audio for each book for Haven listeners. Why don't you call us right now, would you? Our number to call is 800-65-HAVEN. That's 800-65-HAVEN. And would you also send a little extra as we are paying for expedited shipping in hopes that you can have either or both the CD and the book set by Christmas. You can also listen to samples from the album or look at samples from the book when you head over to our website, haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Come back again tomorrow, won't you? When again, we will be celebrating the great story that's all about Jesus here at Christmas time. For your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Commitment. It's a word that often brings out strong feelings in people. Often we complain about how people just aren't as committed as they used to be. Most people don't live in the same city their whole lives or work in the same job for decades. And the divorce rate has been hovering around 50% for years. So in this world of distrust and cynicism, is anything trustworthy? The Apostle Paul thought so. This is what he said to the elders in Ephesus the last time he saw them. Now I commit you to God and the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. God is trustworthy, so trust him. Try an anchor devotional today in print. Visit GetAnchor.com.